KBCS is powered by listeners just like you. Support this and other KBCS stories, interviews, and highlights by donating at our website, kbcs.fm. Next, what does it take to effectively demonstrate for human rights? Community organizer and writer Leno Rosavila reflects on his first protest in high school. I did drugs early in, in junior high. So by the time I got to high school, I want to be on the wrestling team. And in particular, my senior year, I can barely read and write in English and very little in Spanish. And I need a C average to be able to stay on the sports team. So that my friend who's introduced me to a lot of things in life, Paul Fernandez, who was a short guy, very muscular on the wrestling team and very handsome guy, I told him to Paul, I said, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do because I don't understand what they want me to do for my senior papers. He said, well, he says, I'll help you. I'll write them for you. He said, but on the condition that every time I start a fight, uh, you have to help me. I didn't know short guys like to fight a lot. So I ended up beating my neighbors, my cousins, and they would say, well, why are you kicking me? I said, Paul's writing my paper tonight, man. If I kick you good, I'm going to get an A on it. So... That's how I got out of high school, and Paul still laughs about that because he would basically write the same paper he wrote for himself but for me in less legible handwritings. But Paul also, you know, when you're a young guy, and I didn't think about this till much later, because now that people see me protesting and they go, oh, you're smart, you're organizing these things. So in high school, because I couldn't read or write very well, and we had a teacher, a civics teacher, Mr. Bryan, who was a big racist, you know, we had no blacks, we had one Japanese family, no Jews that we knew of, no Muslims, no Native Americans in my hometown, just Mexicans and whites. And the whites really hated us and mistreated us. So Brining in class, he would start uh, bad-mouthing black Muslims, and in particular Malcolm X, who was very popular then. And so, you know, he's talking about them the way I know they talk about the Mexicans. So I asked Paul Fernandez, I said, who is Malcolm X? So he went down to the library, got all the newspapers, magazines we could. We read about Malcolm X, and I told Paul, we need a Malcolm X in this town because, you know, they're just mistreating Mexicans. So then uh, that next week, uh, Brian got off on the Islamic religion, the Muslims, and really bad-mouthing them as an evil religion. So I asked Paul, well, what is this Muslim religion? So he said, well, let's go to the library. So we went to the library, and we read everything about the Muslims. And Paul says, uh, you know, they pray five times to the east and have prayer rugs. And, and Paul says, next time Brining talks about the Muslims or Malcolm X, we're going to pull out our prayer rugs and bow to the east. I said, how are we going to do that? They don't even sell. All they sold in my hometown was linoleum, no rugs. You couldn't find a rug if you, if you, you know, you had $1,000. So he said, uh, we'll use our gym towels. So uh, sure enough, the next day we go to class, we take our gym towels, put them under that little slot under your desk, and Mr. Brining starts going off on the Muslims. So Paul gives me the high sign. So we get step away from our desk, roll out our towels, and we bow to the east. And Mr. Brining says, what are you boys doing? Paul says, we're Muslims and we have to pray. He says, you're not Muslims? He said, you're good Mexican Catholic boys. Get up from there. 
Paul says, no, we're Muslim. They kept going back and forth, and, and he's getting louder. And all the other white kids, every Mexicans, they don't know what's going on because they don't know what a Muslim is. They don't know what uh, Islam is or Allah. And uh, so we're over there praying, and, and it gets getting louder and brighter. Get up, get up. You're not Muslims. And Paul said, yes, we are. we got to pray to Allah. And, and finally he says, he's screaming almost at the top of his lugs. And Paul says, I'm Mohammed Fernandez and he's Malcolm Avila. And, <laughs> and we kept praying, you know, bowing our heads and it's going on and on. This is my first demonstration because I don't know how to do these things. And then, uh, you know, I'm getting a little nervous because, you know, my first demonstration in front of the whole class and I, I don't totally understand Islam and all of that. And uh, so finally I look at Paul, you know, like, give me the high sign when I can get up. So give me the high sign. And not knowing how to end uh, Islamic or Muslim prayer, we made the sign of the cross and got up. <laughs> and nobody knew the difference. So every time Brining would start talking about Malcolm X or the Muslims, we'd have to roll out our towels. And finally, we'd just get up and he'd stop talking about the Muslims. So eventually we just got him to shut up. Now he could kick me out of class, but not Paul Fernandez. I was on the wrestling team, but I wasn't a star. Paul Fernandez was a star. And our wrestling team was either conference champ or co-champ every year that I wrestled. But um, So we were the big highlight in the school athletically. But otherwise we'd have been kicked out, you know. So we'd want two Mexicans praying to the East in a, in a civics class. Wherever people enter the system and they start confronting it and raising their voices, that becomes important. One of the things that I found is you don't have to have a PhD, you don't have to have a law degree to stand up for human rights. You just have to have a good heart. Leno Rosavila has dedicated his life to community organizing for human rights, starting in the fields as a Colorado farm worker. He went on to organize and speak for Cesar Chavez's United Farm Workers Union in Colorado. Later, he served as the first director of Seattle's Office of Immigrant and Refugee Affairs and was a former executive director of Northwest Immigrant Rights Project. Today, he is founder of Building Bridges, offering help to non Profit organizations assisting deportees and immigrants at the southern U.S. border. KBCS reporter Fadumo Ali and I discussed Rosavila's story in the virtual newsroom in 2021 over a difficult connection on Zoom. Ali offers her perspective on Leno's story. So here we are. We just listened to the account of Leno Rosavila and his very first protest ever in high school. You know, you hear them talking about the gym towels. You hear them talking about ending off with a cross across the chest because they don't know really what you're supposed to do. They just know that they don't want to hear it anymore. Fadumo, you're you're practicing Muslim woman. What comes to mind for you when you listen to this? Is there anything concerning to you or how do you uh, take in the story? Oh, I thought it was such a uniquely um, funny story. Um, I really enjoyed it. And the um, use of a towel and placement of a prayer mat, which is something that we do um, when we don't have a prayer mat access. I think that this type of protesting and in particular him protesting on the behalf of the Muslim community in spite of being in a rural community in Washington, not surrounded by any other religious minorities and for him to go and research and um, try to do the best he could with the towel 
demonstrating right there and then in the classroom against his um, teacher who was so anti-Muslim, anti-immigrant, felt like that was very courageous. One thing that I uh, liked about his story was the fact that he spoke about the fact that he didn't know what, what Muslims were, he didn't know who Malcolm X was, and he had such limited, limited information, but he felt that the teacher was speaking about this population or Malcolm X in such a negative way that he speaks about Mexicans and it kind of triggered an emotion for him. And as a result, him and his friend went to the library and they researched and then they came up with like a form of a protest. And I think that's just a really effective thing to do. And this is a time where there's like so much ignorance surrounding Muslims in the population. And for him to um, go against the grain and it's something that I wish I had, like back when there was such an anti high level of anti-Muslimness in um, America, like having a classmate do something like that would have truly been appreciated. You just brought up a whole nother level right there is the isolation that you feel when you're the only one in a class listening to something like that, mm-hmm. whether it's a classroom or, or anywhere else against Absolutely. your own people. Even in college, you know, you think that this would happen somewhere in grade school, but I remember in um, university having a professor saying all Muslims want to kill Jews and kill non-Muslims and um, uh, oppress Jewish populations, and um, they are taught it in their schools, in the weekend schools that they go to. And I remember in that classroom just being surprised. And I was like, no, I didn't hear that correctly. And I repeated it to the teacher. I'm like, did you say that all Muslims want to kill non-Muslims and Jews? And um, we learned that in weekend school. He said, yes. And I was like, well, I am a Muslim. And I used to go to weekend school for 12 years of my life. And I ne- we never were taught that. That's not something that is taught to us. And he, he kind of felt taken back. And he was, he was particularly talking about Sunni Muslims, which is the largest branch of Muslims. It makes up like 97% of the Muslim population, and which is a branch that I belong to. And he was just taken back and um, embarrassed by it and apologized. But I was a bit confused where that came from because it was like a French film class. And it's like, it, it had nothing to do with the topic. And I was just like, very taken back and it would have been appreciated like if more people spoke up or if more people um, caught that ignorance or so Um, but I was like the only one and then the class kind of moved forward if I had not been there that day that ignorance would have just been told and carried on in that classroom or how many other classrooms has he taught where that type of ignorance was shared to the classroom this happened here in Washington so that type of like I can totally relate um, to his story in terms of just having a teacher that spreads ignorance. More people had um, spoken out in situations like that, there'd be far less to fight against. A lot of the ignorance it just spreads is lack of exposure is a big one. And then um, two is like people not speaking out. That was Fadumo Ali former KBCS reporter and myself, reflecting on community organizer and writer Leno Rosavila's account of his first action in high school.